And so that accountability piece is probably, you know, 90% of what I need to do with people. This is the podcast where we share the tips and tricks we learn on our journey to build wealth through real estate. Welcome to the Hello Haymarket podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hello Haymarket. I'm your host, Daniel Nice, and today we have Mr. John Missile. John, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So uh, John is the productivity coach here in our market center in Reston at the Keller Williams here. And I wanted to bring him in today to talk about mindset because I feel like as a someone who's in the real estate industry trying to learn while they earn, uh, one of the biggest challenges that a lot of agents run into is that shift from like a W-2 mindset, kind of get paid per hour versus having to go hunt and bring home the kill, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And and there's just a lot of mindset shifts that have to happen with that. So I thought, John, who better to talk to about that than you? Right. It's my job. <laughs> Absolutely. <clears throat> so I think one of the first ones that I wanted to kind of tackle with you is these different money stigmas that people sometimes have, right? Because uh, you were telling me a story before. And in fact, maybe I should just let you tell it. If you give us a little bit about your background and kind of how you came through some of these money stigmas. Like going into real estate? Yeah. That sort of thing? Yeah. So when I left my I worked for uh, an employer for 18 years and I had a pretty solid career at that job but I was told um, that I was no longer promotable because of some factors that were out of my control and so I started making a plan to like an exit strategy to get out of there and I negotiated a retention bonus at my job and stayed on a little longer than what I had anticipated Therefore, I had a pile of cash. I, it wasn't a huge pile of cash, but it was cash enough that I didn't really have to make money for, gosh, probably nine months to a year after leaving that job. Yeah. And my spouse was active duty military, and so we had free health care through TRICARE. So, like, the mortgage payment was low. There wasn't a whole lot of fire under my butt built in, if right. you will. Yeah. And so what I found for me is that I started resting on my laurels because mm-hmm. I hadn't worked for myself before. Mm-hmm. And I found that that first six months was very slow, agonizingly slow. Um, I think I made $6,000 in six months, which is n- certainly not enough to live on. Right. Um, yeah. And so... Eventually, I was able to turn that around, but it was interesting to me because one of my colleagues in real estate had actually told, asked me, how much cash do you have? And I told her how much I had about. And she said, go spend it. But her point was, you need to create that energy yeah. by making it so that you have no other choice. Yeah. And, and do you see that in a lot of other agents as, as, as you coach the different people who come and go through the brokerage? We all know that there's a really high attrition rate in real estate. Most, Absolutely. Most people, you know, probably like eight or nine out of 10 don't make it over a, right. like a five year period. That's correct. And I think this is one of the reasons why they they change their title. Oh, I'm a realtor now. Mm hmm. Uh, but they don't change their mindset. Yeah. <laughs> They're still acting like, oh, well, I spent eight hours doing something today. Um, I expect my check. Where is it? <laughs> right. And that's not exactly the right way to think about this. Yeah. And think about like if you're a if you are a person who is just in the market, if you're not a realtor, mm-hmm. and what do you see from realtors? You know, you see these 
lavish homes that are being promoted. Mm -hmm. You see lifestyle, you see money. You know, I think people think that they go and pass this test and get a real estate license that their phone will just automatically start ringing. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. No. You know, no. <laughs> um, and you have to, you have to like go fishing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, like with my people, I, one of my first tasks is to, to convince them that you're, you may not be working for somebody else, but this is still your job. Yes. You know, the people who are here on a day to day basis and the people who are doing activities because they are holding themselves accountable are the same ones who will be successful. Uh, so, John, can you, like, when someone first starts off in real estate, is there anything that you're watching them do in the first couple of weeks that kind of gives you a clue as to whether or not they're going to be one of the nine people who fail out versus one of the yeah, ones for sure. who makes it? In Virginia, there's a lag of about four to six weeks that you have to wait for your license to come back. And there are very few things that you can do. But one thing you can do is to do some trainings, get into our computer database, start adding contacts to it. You can call people and tell them, hey, I'm about to get my license, mm -hmm. if they're friendly voices, yeah. you know. And those people who do that mm -hmm. are the ones who are going to walk out with that license on the first day and have somebody in a contract within 30 days after that. Yeah. Because they're front-loading all that stuff. Now, there's the other type of person who's like, oh, well, I'm going to wait for my license to come in, and then maybe I'll come into the office. Those people are a lot more difficult to work with. Yeah. Um, what's interesting to me is that I feel like on some level, everybody knows where they are in that continuum. Mm -hmm. And it's the ones who are willing to confront that head on that are going to get through it. I always assume that everything will work out okay, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes that's to my benefit. A lot of times it is, but sometimes it's not. I think in my situation, that was that moment several years ago when I had some money and I didn't have to make money today. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Which that enabled me to not work. Yeah. Some, you know, I feel like that's so common where mm -hmm. you see someone get into real estate because they think it's going to be easy money and they have a little bit of savings. And so they coast. And yeah. they coast until the pain comes. And when the pain comes, suddenly they jump out right away. Yeah. And it's like, well, if you were going to jump out when the pain came, you shouldn't have been here to begin with, right? Let's just save you the trouble. And instead of wasting six months, <laughs> let's just jump out from the beginning and just go get you a regular job because right. this is not for you, right? Right. But for the people who are really going to give this an honest go, you got to act like you've got that hunger from day one. Absolutely. Right? Like, and, and you can kind of see that, right? I, at least for me, when I'm in the office, there's certain faces that I see all the time. Mm -hmm. And those are the people who I think do the most volume, right? Um, I mean, do you feel the same way? I or? think generally that's true, yeah. Yeah. Until they reach a certain point. Some people, when they get past a certain point in business, then they start working more at home. And But that's a different conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, I work mostly with people who are either brand new agents or low production who are trying to increase their production. And so that's what I see is the, the, the people who show up are the ones who are going to do well. Another problem that I know we've talked about some agents have is this imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about that. How, how are you helping people get through that? <laughs> So I like to think of it this way. There's a class that Keller Williams has called Bold, and they have a bunch of uh, quotes they call Bold Laws. 
One of them is don't compare your insides to other people's outsides is how they say it. Mm -hmm. I prefer to say it this way. I think like I can be very objective when I'm looking at you, Mm -hmm. right? And I can give you an objective viewpoint of how I see you as a person, right? I can't do that with myself. Mm-hmm. It's much more subjective looking at looking inward. I even said this to one of my people recently that was kind of struggling with trying to make a phone call and not knowing what to say and thinking yeah. that people don't want to hear from them and stuff like That's that. That's so common. People are it, like afraid to call their friends and family because they feel like they're a bother. Right. Right. Yeah, I see that. I, I've experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, when I was first starting, like it, it, it would feel stressful for me to try to call some of these people because they know me as the karate guy, and now here I am trying to act like I'm in real estate, and it's like, well, how much have you ever sold? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and sometimes those conversations are hard when they're very close and mm-hmm. you're brand new in the industry. So, so sometimes we do recommend to go, like, start with somebody friendly. Mm-hmm. Like your mom. If you're afraid of making a phone call, call your mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, to move into maybe calling people that are a little further away. Just because if they're too close, they might call you out and say, you're brand new, I don't trust you, whatever. Yeah, and that's not going to help their their self-esteem when they're no. trying to build this new um, no. this new identity for themselves. Right. right? So what I say to like the, the person that was having this conversation with me, there's a number of things that cross my mind. The first is... I wish that you could see you the way I see you mm-hmm. because I think that you are charming and intelligent and articulate mm-hmm. and fully capable. And I would welcome that phone call. Yeah. You know, but inside you think, well, nobody wants to hear from me, you know, this and that and the other thing. The other thing I think is if I'm going to call somebody on the phone and I'm worried about how they're going to perceive me. Mm-hmm. I try to think to myself, you know what? It's none of my business what that person thinks of me. Mm. It is not my business. And I should not be deciding for them how they feel. And that, I think, just having a couple of those things in mind can empower you to get past some of these limiting beliefs. Yeah. I think definitely one of the phrases that comes to mind on that subject is that you cannot see the picture when you are in the frame. Mm-hmm. All right, That was taught to me a long time ago in my martial arts days about the need for a coach, right? Because you'd have these people who are second and third degree black belts. They're going to go out in the competition circuit and they still have two, three coaches that are there watching them and helping them and giving them feedback. Sure. Because even though they've been training for 10 or 20 years, um, you just you can't see the picture when you're in the frame. It's helpful to have that outside uh, input looking in. Totally. To kind of help you reassess where you're at. Yeah, and that goes with anything. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a musician. I'm a vocalist, right? Mm-hmm. So when you sing, your voice sounds a certain way in your head, but it doesn't sound like that to everybody else. It's yeah. like a physical difference. Yeah. And so it's literally impossible. I mean, you can improve to a point by yourself, but like to really hone your craft... You have to have another set of ears because there's no way, there is no possible way for you to hear what the audience is going to hear. Yeah, And And I think that goes with anything in life. Absolutely. And this whole problem of the imposter syndrome, whether you're a new agent or even some people who are maybe shifting what their focus is within the industry, uh, this idea of you trying to so carefully uh, uh, design your brand to be a certain way, it's like, dude, your brand is you. 
whatever you are, that's what people see, whether you would have them see it or not. Absolutely. So instead of spending, you know, eight hours a day trying to uh, trick everyone into seeing you the way you want to be seen, um, just, you know, vibe attracts tribe. Go out, do the activity, and the people who like you will do business with you. Yeah. And that that is so true, too, because, like, you – on the flip side of that, like you don't want to work with somebody that you don't gel with either, right? Yeah. So like this is a great industry for people who like to be in relationship with people because that mm-hmm. it completely surrounds those relationships. So like in your case, you might work the karate circuit, whereas I as you can plainly see, I don't do karate. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I <laughs> and can so, teach you a little bit. We we, we can get get into I should, the ring. yeah. I'll show you yeah. what to do. <laughs> uh, but you know, that wouldn't work for me. Yeah, but uh, I've gotten business in unlikely places just because of the mm-hmm. things that I do. Like I have two dogs. We go to the dog park a lot. I've sold at least half a dozen houses through the dog park. Yeah, yeah. And it's just somewhere I'd be anyway. Right. You know. So you have conversations with people in comfortable situations. Another tip that I also want to quickly get in before I forget about it for people who are new agents. Go do open houses because those people who are walking in, they know nothing about you. Mm-hmm. And so if you do have an insecurity about this new identity, at least for me, I found that it was so easy to adopt the new identity for someone who has no idea what my background is. Yeah. Right. They're walking in expecting me to know everything about the house. And I do because I'm <laughs> I prepared for that open house. I know everything about it. I was ready and able to answer all their questions. And you know that the people there are there for that specific reason. For that specific reason. That's another reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that can be a a good uh, identity builder. It helps positively reinforce um, what it is you're trying to do there. Yeah. Uh, Which is then going to have carryover with all of your other conversations. I feel like if I was in your shoes, this would be the most annoying thing that I deal with every day Mm -hmm. is that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's a tricky spot because... My job, literally my job is to hold people accountable. From like a legal perspective, everybody here is an independent contractor. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, this is, we're getting back to the W-2 versus 1099 thing, you know? Yeah. Um, so what we try to do is we try to mimic that environment as much as we can mm-hmm. by saying like, okay, yeah, I'm going to acknowledge that I'm not your boss. However, yeah. I'm going to ask your permission for me to act sort of in that capacity. The people who will accept that, then we can have hard conversations. We can learn from that. You can't identify gaps in your business if you're not tracking and keeping yourself accountable. And so that accountability piece is probably, you know, 90% of what I need to do with people. And Um, and I feel like that's, that's a really valuable thing to have, I think at least from my own experience and from what I've seen others in in the industry. They enter this new position of having no external accountability, and they're not used to that. And Mm -hmm. so they don't have the muscles built yet to keep themselves internally accountable. And that's a hard switch. A lot of those people, it's probably one of the reasons why we have such a hard failout rate, because they don't have a system for making sure that they're hitting the deadlines, that they're on track doing what they need to do. And if anything, they've spent so long in a W-2 job before this that they almost rebel against it (laughs) yeah and there's nobody that will say to you like you didn't clock in at eight o'clock this morning yeah and write you up or fire you for not showing up or stuff like that like the consequences are 
a little more insipid. Is that the right word? I don't know. That's probably not the right word. Um, the consequences from that, they're more nebulous. It's, it's, they're because delayed. They're just delayed. They're delayed. The consequences are delayed. You don't and, feel the pain and today. And they're softer. You're going to feel the pain tomorrow. Yeah. Insidious, I think, is the word I want to use because they kind of creep in rather than yeah. if you do something bad or go against company policy at a W-2 yeah. job, then they, they generally will have very outlined protocols of how that's handled. Yeah. And that could be write-ups. It could be docking your pay. It could be you know, unpaid time off. It could be that you lose your job. Yeah, you feel it immediately. None of those things happen in real estate. Right, they don't. I mean, they do, but it's... They happen further down the line when your you bank account is empty it. and right. no one's working with you. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Uh, I, I almost want to draw a connection, uh, my experience to, to what you do, right? Because uh, when I was a martial arts coach, right, these are all paying uh, clients who choose to be here. And mm-hmm. I have no authority to actually boss them around because if they dislike what is happening, they can just leave, right? Um, if anything, I'm incentivized to really try to keep them, right, in, the, in that industry. Um, and I feel like it's a similar sort of thing here, right? You don't have actual, like, W-2 boss-employee relationship with these folks, but you are trying to create a level of accountability because you are the coach. You're the one trying to help them make mm-hmm. that progress. And at least in, in, in my experience when I was the, the martial arts coach, what I had to do was I had to bring the future into the present. I had to take the delayed consequences and make them immediate. And with kids, that's a little easier because they're kids, right? All you have to do is say, hey, look, Johnny's doing really good on his push-ups. Everybody, let's clap for Johnny. Johnny's doing great, <laughs> right? Um, because that provides the immediate gratification uh, as like something that I can personally, as the coach, supplement when I know that the long-term benefits will it's going to take years to mm-hmm. accrue, yeah. right? And so I have to since the kid has no sense of delayed gratification. And I feel like a new realtor also has to make this adjustment where they have to get used to the flow of business taking years, right? right. You could be working with someone for a year before you ever see a paycheck mm-hmm. come from that person. The way that I would imagine you would help someone in that position is by providing the immediate gratification when they do the right activities. Right? Yeah. So like, is, yeah, yeah. is there anyone in the office you can think of that's like, you don't have to mention names, but like, are they doing the things? And then is there a way of recognizing them for doing the thing? Like in our meetings, we do like uh, shout outs, mm-hmm. like uh, cheers for peers, they call it yeah. sometimes. <laughs> or we, we can do posts on social media for first closings or first client or mm-hmm. whatever, stuff like that. Yeah. So, so there is some of that. I feel like the kinds of things we can do for that are less impactful than... It's not the same as a kid in a karate class. No, yeah. and it's it's also has less impact than like a check that has your name on it for $15,000 or something. You know, yeah. when you speak of delayed gratification, like we say in this industry, the activities that you do today mm-hmm. will manifest in your pocket yep. in 90 days. It's really difficult because, like, you go back to the W-2 job. Well, the things I do today are going to manifest next Friday when I get my paycheck Mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Yeah. But in this, it's 90 days. So it's really difficult to sit here on March 23rd and think, like, what is my life going to look like on June 23rd? Yeah. Because what I do today, that's what is going to determine what that day looks like. 
Yeah. And it's 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 so far out. Mm-hmm. It's just far enough out that yeah. it's like, well, I mean, you know, I'm good. I feel like, though, there are some people that when they come into the office enough and they're doing the activities, there's a sense of camaraderie yeah. that they get to come in and build the relationships with the other agents. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that does have a parallel to sports where, you know, because the kid joins the sport, he's really going because he wants to see his friends, right? He's really there to kind of socialize because that's the immediate gratification. I get to see Billy and I get to see, you know, Bobby and whatever it is. Uh, but because they go to the sport reliably and then by the end of the season, they have gained fitness benefits from doing the work, sure. right? And I think there is some parallel to that here, right? We see certain faces in the office, and those are the ones who are doing the activities, and they're in the environment where everyone else is doing the activities. Yeah. And as a result of that, over time, we see they they stick around more. If you're sitting on your living room couch, then the likelihood of somebody walking into that room and saying, are you making your phone calls today? <laughs> Zero. Is zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you're here, then that likelihood goes way up. I do think that this is a team sport. I know we're all like trying to make our own way. Mm-hmm. And we all need to, to have our own incomes and mm-hmm. take care of our families and so yeah. on. But the fact of the matter is that there is enough business out there for the people yeah. who decide to go get it. Yeah. That we can help each other and not feel like we're giving anything away yeah. from our own coffers, if you will. Yeah. Which is why, like in this market center, we have a number of agents who are very high producing agents. Mm-hmm. And they will literally tell you exactly how they got to where they are if you ask them. Yeah. If you if you can get enough time with them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're very open with it, or at least they have been with me. Yeah. And that's one of the really cool things about not only Keller Williams, but I think this market center in particular, I feel like people are very open mm-hmm. uh, with that information. And it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing to me because I know that on some level, some of those people are so free with that information because they know that nine out of 10 people they tell it to are not going to do anything with it. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to go play a, a basketball game with like uh Michael Jordan, he can tell you his plan. It's not gonna. It's not gonna give you any way of stopping him. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it's interesting because if you do listen and you do do those things, then you will be successful. Oh yeah. It's 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 such an interesting thing because you can say it's like a head versus heart thing. Because mm-hmm. I could sit here and tell you exactly what to do. You tell me what your goal is. Is is that a an income goal? Is that a number of units goal? Mm-hmm. By the end of this year, I want to do X. Okay. Yeah. We can drill that all the way back to how many phone calls do I make on Monday. Right. In order for you to hit that goal. Yeah. So we can make it very clear what to do. Yeah. And yet people still don't do it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. When you look at a market center and you know, all the different agents, the market center itself is a business too, right? Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why there is a productivity coach is not just the – uh, general generous feeling that we want to see agents succeed, but also because there's a financial interest in it for the the market center. Right? Yeah. If if all the agents meet their cap, and anyone doesn't know what a cap is, it's just like the the percentage of their commission that goes to the market center, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if if every agent in the market center capped, that would be a great thing for the market center. Sure. 
Um, and we want to encourage that. So like we have every reason for this person to have a, an alignment of values for you. So why would you not take advantage of that when you're a new agent and like don't reinvent the wheel. Go find yeah. out what are the things I need to do to get this this puppy humming. And mm -hmm. then once I actually have some stable income, maybe then I'll think about trying to like play around on the edges. But like let's get some food on the table first. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And and it is. It's it's a game of of trying to meet those people where they are and then pushing them a little bit out of their comfort zone for some of them. Yeah. You know, there are all different types of personalities, as we know. So, like, yeah. there are some people that come in here and they're like, I am chomping at the bit. I'm going to be here every day. I'm going to make all these phone calls. And all I have to do is tell them, you know, make sure you're compliant with the TCPA or whatever. Yeah. And they'll just go. Yeah. And that's great. Um, those people actually will mentor some of the other people as well. Yeah. You know, I'm seen in a different way, kind of like because I'm the coach, right? But if they see one of their peers mm -hmm. that's killing it, yeah. sometimes that has a more positive impact than sitting with the coach. Yeah. You know, um, but there are other people who this is very, very uncomfortable for them. And yeah. there are lots of reasons to want to go into real estate. Usually it's yeah. money and time, freedom. Mm hmm. But also, some people just say things like, I just, I watch a lot of HGTV and mm -hmm. I really like looking yeah. at houses or I'm really into architecture or yeah. whatever it might be. Some yeah. people say, I just want to do this on the side and I want to sell one or two houses a year. That's great. Yeah. You know? So, my job is to help define what the goal is. Yeah. If you come in and say, This is my full time career, my yeah. business, I need to figure out how to meet you where you are today mm -hmm. and then get you just this much past that comfort level the first day. Yeah. You know, and maybe the second time it's this much. Yeah. And it's 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 one of these things where, you know, you tell them, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. That's part of my yeah. job. But it, it can't be to the point where they shut down completely. So that's that's where the tricky stuff comes in, yeah. I think. It's it's uh it's one of those jobs where I imagine you just wish you could uh, like take a USB plug into their brain yeah. and like upload yeah. the mindsets that they need because that's Shoot. all it is. I wish I could do that this to myself. Is, I mean, all all real estate is right. Matt, Matt Magel told me this my first day. He was like, "Look, real estate's simple. You just need to know what to say and say it to enough people because mm -hmm. that's all it is. You're just coaching, like even in the role of an agent, you're just helping your clients get through stuff that they don't know how to do themselves. Right? right? It's not like uh, becoming an agent." is hard in the sense of I need to do what a Navy SEAL does and like carry a grown man on my back or like there's there's no requirements like that. You right. it, it's, it's very cerebral. Mm -hmm. You just need to go talk to people and help them through their troubles <laughs> yeah. and, and, and be a problem solver like that. And that's very mindset based. All right, John, thank you so much for coming in today. Of I course. thought this was really productive. Uh, which makes sense, being that you're the productivity coach. <laughs> Dad puns. Income. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for anyone out there who wants to get in touch with you and learn more about uh, you know, how maybe they can get through some of these issues, what's the best way they can reach you? Well, you know, I, uh, I would encourage calling me because I always answer my phone, even if I know it's spam and then I hang up. But um, if you're going to be in a business where you make phone calls, you might as well call the coach. That's what I'd say. So. Uh, my phone number, if you'd like to call me or text, is area code 314-651-3393. 
Awesome. So if you're looking to get a real estate license or you want to improve your production, this is the place to do it. Let's do it. Awesome. John, thank you so much. Thank you, Daniel. All right, everybody. Have a great one. Thank you for watching this episode of Hello Haymarket. If you'd like to follow our journey or learn more, follow us on Instagram at Hello Haymarket Podcast and subscribe on your favorite streaming platforms. We appreciate your support and hope to see you soon on the next episode.